0: This is Daniel Figel and you're listening to the AI in Business Podcast. One of our most popular podcasts from, I think it was 14 months ago, was about the core differences between business intelligence and artificial intelligence. It was from a leader at Qlik, uh, Q-L-I-K. And in this episode, we're actually looking at a somewhat similar theme. We're talking about what does analytics look like before and after the use of machine learning, specifically in financial services. So how is financial services... Sort of deploying analytics broadly today? What does it look like in terms of their data and how they're getting value from it? And what does it look like after we leverage artificial intelligence to get a little bit predictive, to be able to derive deeper insights? This is where we're focused today. What's that maturity landscape from sort of retrospective dashboards to forward-looking predictive analytics, and what does it take to actually get value out of such a system? Our guest this week is Derek Wang. Derek is the CEO and co-founder at Stratified. Stratified is a firm focused on helping financial services companies get more value out of their data, and Derek goes into detail in terms of the hard lessons he's learned in terms of how financial services is leveraging data today and what it'll be able to do for them in the future. As you're aware, this is Tuesday, so this is a use case episode. So our format is going to be talking about how the business process operates today and then what it looks 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 like after AI, so that you can fit those puzzle pieces in with your own mind and imagine how your own business can change and evolve. The format here is really very deliberate, based on some of the reviews and some of the feedback we've had on our podcast over the last six months. So, thank you to all of you who've left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Pretty easy to find the AI and Business Podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you're so inclined, you like what we have here, drop us a five star review. Let us know what you think about the show. It really is your thoughts that's helped me craft a great format to make a great podcast. And If you haven't already downloaded it, we're diving into financial services today. You can download our AI and financial services cheat sheet, which is full of both terms and core use cases of how AI is transforming financial services. It is an excellent primer on this topic. and You can find that at emerj.com slash fin1. That's F-I-N like financial, F-I-N and then the number one, so emerge.com slash fin1. It's a short PDF brief. It's free to download. You can grab that On emerge.com. Without further ado, we're going to fly in. This is Derek Wang with Stratified here on the AI and Business podcast. So, Derek, I want to get us started with this kind of problem of operationalizing analytics. You guys work in financial services, a lot of our audiences, retail banks, big insurance firms, a lot of them have similar problems. How do you describe this core issue of how disjointed the analytics is? What does it look like in there? Yeah, let me give you an example.
1: When I got my uh, professorship, I was working a lot with Department of Homeland Security and Defense Threat Reduction Agency, and really working on multi-million-dollar kind of federal research to leveraging human-generated data to predict pandemic and how pathogens transmitted from different nations to nations.
0: That's a very timely skill right now, Derek. It was
1: it, unfortunately <laughs> it was five yeah. years ago, six years ago. We got big projects there. However, that's where part of the the motivation of starting Stratified is because when we've done that 18, 24 months of product, we deliver our software to folks on the other side to start using it. Quite frankly, they they can't operationalize that because as many AI products, we have been serving with our customer. It's so centralized in a small group, like the PhDs, like the data scientists who are looking at it. When they push the business, it's harder for them to use it, right? That's where it triggers the whole motivation of generating a company like Stratified is let's let's bring future data analytics, which is really operationalized the data analytics, pushing that from the business lines. Let the line of business start using that in solving everyday problems they have. So we essentially become the operating system on their business analysts, their desktops, day in, day out, they're analyzing it in our station. And my philosophy is in every their laptop, either they're collecting data or they're making decisions. So that's where we're going to operationalize our analytics for folks.
0: Got it. So I'm going to zoom a little bit up and kind of paint the problem a little bit more, and then we can start to go into some examples. So the challenge that you're articulating is that analytics sits in this IT universe where maybe IT, tell me if I'm wrong here, they might build some dashboards, they might build some little interfaces, maybe. But they're not day-to-day up next to the marketing people, day-to-day up next to the the compliance people, day-to-day up next to the fraud people in financial services, for example. So those people in the business, so to speak, in those operational wings, they don't really get their hands dirty with analytics. They just kind of get whatever they can request and whatever can get built for them. And what you're talking about is a dynamic where they actually can have their own interface and build and use the things they want. Am I hearing you correctly? You're absolutely right, Dan. One little thing to add to that is they're lacking
1: the feedback channel, right? They're always as treated as consumers of what the other team has built. However, what the other team built, because they're not business savvy, the lack of feedback and updating what they're looking at, to your point, dashboard or whatever, not in real time, hurts the business.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I guess nothing could be as customized as it really needs to be for the compliance people unless they're able to engage with it and build it out the way they need or the marketing people build it out the the way that they need. Now, of course, that's kind of a new skill set and a new set of things to learn for those teams. And When I think about adopting AI, and you guys, obviously, you have enough traction. I mean, you've raised 50-something million dollars at this point, so clearly you have You know, some traction under your belt. For you folks, you've got to be able to, I guess, build something that's simple enough that a person in marketing or compliance will actually use. So I'm seeing that this problem is we've got to be, you know, consumers of what IT builds for analytics. That's not great. We want to see our own things about churn or about some regulatory issues or. Or whatever, but if if we want to put it in the hands of those users and let them really engage, how do we make it simple enough for them? What are the lessons you learned there? Because to me, that feels like a big challenge.
1: It, it absolutely is, and you you said our value prop really well. It's really democratizing AI, right? So think about this: what we have, we what we have pushed a lot is. Simplify the model, right? You don't need to know what model is. What you care as a marketing, you care about the results, you yep. care about the churn. you care about the compliance. What we have done is spend a lot of time researching into how we can provide automatic machine learnings. Not just one model, not just two models, is really let the model to fit in whatever data you provide to it. So that's simply put, stratify were based on four simple part of one flywheel. Number one, will provide over 150 data collections. So as an individual, you don't need to worry about how can I get my hands on data? You go into our data market, you can get all the data connect to it. Secondarily, that's where the preparatory auto machine learnings comes in. Our AI it will go into based on what data you get in, automatically apply analytics, and then visually showing you as a marketing, as a voice of customer, as a customer experience folks, to see what are the hidden signals that yeah. really latch into that data set. And then you can start connecting those signals interactively in real time to tell a story. So that's how you made it simple, you made it straightforward, and it become a skill set that people can start leveraging without years of training.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, guess, I think this is kind of the golden dream of, of, uh, of what AI would be, right? Is that everybody would be able to, to leverage the capabilities it unlocks, without having to go get, you know, a postdoc somewhere at Carnegie right. Mellon or MIT or whatever. You know, and I know that there's tools like, and I imagine you have quite a few differences with some of these companies, but the data robots of the world, you know, a unicorn up here in, in the Boston area, Boston, are yeah. working on, I think, potentially different kinds of things, but, but it's the same value prop of applying AutoML, letting people who aren't data scientists use, use AI. I would imagine, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here, when you talked about that data market, probably a lot of what you guys have had to figure out is how to integrate to all these different client systems. So I think you had mentioned off microphone, a lot of retail banks and commercial banking, right? You have to figure out all the the different loop ins. So they have all these different types of data. you probably have to see it behind the curtain of enough clients to say, okay, what are all the integrations we need to build? What are all the APIs we need to set up? What are all the data harmonization problems that can happen with those and solve the heck out of that because it doesn't feel like those hundred and fifty things are there just by plugging it in, right? It feels like very hard work.
1: I think you're you're headed on spot on. So, where as a company grows, and that's a lot of difference between us and DataRobot, we're more like a uh, uh, friendlies in the market. Is we started with human generated data. So essentially, the way that we look at world and our very strong preparatory side is on the textual data side. So essentially, you have your Yelp, you have your you know uh, CFPB for financial services. All those human textual data and feedback that consumers, that individuals provide, that's where our bread and butter is. And that sets us quite apart with other competitors. Now, what we're looking at is giving the core on human generated data. We start to bring in operational data from the organization, like data points from your Hadoop, data points from your uh, Redshift, data points from all the other data storage. Because fundamentally, this is deliver or not, and uh, this is what we have deployed to the market. I don't care where your data comes from because it goes down to the fundamentals of data, which is the types of data. And our ML, which is so centered around human-generated data to be automatically triggered, as well as any of the operational data that it can automatically digest, analyze, and then marry them together. So that's the the golden ticket that we have done in the platform.
0: And when you talk about human-generated data, just so I can wrap my head around that. I could see yes. that meaning a lot of things. Generally speaking, what does that imply? How do you guys, I guess, define that term just for the audience today?
1: Anything you can transcribe into digital text, right? okay. call center data, videos, textual chats, you know, online chat survey, free forms, including the questions, you know, the forum comments, newsletters, okay. etc. Yep, yep, all yep. those stuff.
0: So that tech stuff, okay. Which
1: yeah. is 80% of what organization has in their in their database. And that's the problem we start tackling, and that's how our bread and butter
0: is. Got it. Yeah, it, it makes sense to begin there, I guess, on some level. So, you know, thinking about this use case broadly, so, you know, we're, we're giving people access to a platform where they can tap into the sorts of data assets that they have. Like you said, you know, if it's all text that maybe... It makes the world a little bit more bounded. You know, it's not like you're pulling in video feeds and then you're pulling in, you know, there's, there's probably a, a lot that falls out of that ballpark that would be a little bit tougher. But regardless, so people have access to this stuff. What's been the process for you guys to turn that into value for these different departments, you know, compliance, marketing? I imagine you got to work with these teams. You got to say, okay, with this textual data marketing team, what do you want to build with this? And then kind of learn with them, learn with them, we'll learn with them to the point where now when you work with a client, you kind of know the workflow that they should use. Because it's not like getting a PhD. They don't have to do as much school as you. But they still, you know, they still have to uptick their skills. Yep. What was that process to learn what to teach them? Because you could teach them anything, but you've had to figure out the areas of value. What was that like? You you actually got me excited about this, right? So for
1: so lectures around your first comment. When you build a system like this, it need to be darn easy to use. That's wow. where Stratified yeah. is, right? So essentially we were credited by Gardner to be cool vendor in terms of our day zero deployment. So literally people get access to the platform, you can start using it. So it's fully self-serve in that. But let me kick that can back to you is then, think about this environment. Why there's this is, I'm not a marketing expert. None of my For team sure. member, well I do have strategy in my team member who are marketing experts. But the customers are our day in day out line of business folks they are there's problem right now in their operation lighting off machine learning is they don't know what machine learning so that's what we are good at it so essentially what we have given them is a blueprint that they can come in easily to say hey this is the model that will give me hidden topics based on my customer data boom connected here's the result visually you see it then they're still start to building that storyline that fits in their analytics. Similarly, this is maybe the same dataset, but once you put it into a customer experience expert's hand, they look at the similar result, but based on their business targets, they're gonna to pivot to the other way, leveraging that side. So we literally, as we build the platform, as we made it easy for people to take a look at it and start interacting with that, they are the creators of building more and more of this. On the back, what we do, this is quite interestingly, is we started with a platform company, but rapidly where we're building is a library market. So essentially we're building up standardized templates to engage additional folks who are want to explore, want to taste, want to see how other best practices yeah. have done. Yep, yep. And then through our platform, we actually engage industry expert may not be a direct customer of ours think about the case of a app store okay. right now we're bringing expert to building it and transfer that into our end users through our platform play
0: got it so let me see if i'm hearing this correctly so obviously yeah the goal is you give them the tools they do what they want with it you know obviously you're not you're doing something very different than what a tableau would do, but but I imagine a similar idea. Tableau doesn't say you have to build pie charts, right? They say here's some tools. Go ahead and visualize what you want. This is easy enough for you to use. You can just click around. You can watch some YouTube videos. You're going to be fine. So that's obviously the goal for you guys. At the same time, when I think about going into a marketing team at a bank, right? This is not an e. This is not Amazon. This is not. I, do, I go into a bank, Citizens Bank. Not everybody uh on the screaming edge of marketing automation or whatever, you know, smart people, but it's just, it's an old system, right? When I think about going to them and saying, look, you've got this analytics platform, you've got all this text data, like you can do what you want with it. Probably that's too much for them. Probably we need exactly. to be able, so we do need them to be able to do whatever they want. That's good. But we probably also want to, we need to go in and say, hey, what AI can do are these Few things that are really valuable. What I think I hear right. you saying is that you're aiming to build out a platform where the use cases that were really valuable for other teams you can potentially replicate and sort of make it so that people can say, "Oh, I want to do um, sentiment analysis on chat data." Oh, there's been a couple really good models about this for shorter chat conversations with other customers. Here's a, here's one that you can use. Is this kind of what you're getting at?
1: Yeah, even more further towards the business side, right? I know your audience like to hear a lot of use case, but To your exact point, what we go into the bank of saying, depending on who we identify as a potential user, let's say compliance side, we go into that and say, hey, in the compliance side, you are required by federal that you need to reply to your CFPB data set in 30 days. Given where the nature of your organizational setting, you probably don't have that workflow built out. You probably don't have that operationalized. Here is the entire operationalized, process that stratified offers to you from data in to automatic classification, automatic routing to your department, plug in your email, it will send to Joe Smith to answer this type of data point. While daily routine, they can update the model itself. We go in and say, here is the entire solution based on our platform for the compliance department. That's how we engage with them and even more towards the solution around it, lesser than say, hey, come in and pick sentiment model. Because sentiment model on chat, while it's specific enough, what is the outcome I'm looking yeah, at? Yeah, what are we
0: shooting for exactly? Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we're on the same page. We're going to that problem in the way is saying, okay, you want to identify the sentiment on top of the chat to trigger, if they're low sentiment score, a consumer package customer package, right, care package, to make sure they're happy even after the check. So give you a concrete example, a lot of this case has happened in our contact center offering where 2% of the callers calling to a contact center of a bank leave a mark of rating how their conversation with the agent was. What about those 98%? Because you have no way to know and the banks are using random sampling of say, oh yeah, I'm picking, one of 10,000 calls, I'm just manually listening yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We completely op- autom- uh, kind of operationalize for them based on our own speech analytic engine, our data analytic and AI modeling. We can empower banks. They build literally in two weeks based on 2% of their data, build a customer loyalty predictor model and deploy into their contact center. So every each call is finished. They will automatically rate it. It scored that, and then it triggered into their Adobe Cloud. It triggered into Mercado, so to their CRM system, and then immediately send a care package, a text message. Think about that. I was just livid calling to a banker. As soon as I hang up, a message comes to my phone and say, Derek, I, I heard you're pissed off. Here's something I can offer to you. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. we're operationalizing for them.
0: Yep, got it. And yeah, of course, yeah, it needs to be a particular business outcome. And my guess is, as you guys, because... I think the upside of a broad platform like what you folks have is that if a lot of people start using it, you can become the backbone of their whole AI transformation, which, you know, as a venture capitalist, I would be very excited about because that feels pretty strong business. The tough part about your business is that there are whole companies, Derek, and I've spoken to a great many of them who just focus on call centers and just focus on, you know, a couple industries and just focus on that kind of scoring. So you guys, um, You have the benefit of being much wider, but then you also have, I think, the challenge of finding, okay, within each department, here are some tangible things we can do, right? Because unlimited AI is is just too much for people, but you guys have been able to suss out the specific use cases, and I think what you're articulating is that the goal is that you can almost make those kind of drag and drop, where if they're plugging it into marketing, you've got a bunch of cool ways they can leverage it and, and things that have been valuable for other people, and it sounds like that's the vision here.
1: Exactly, and you, you hit the nail on the head too, right? So whereas our as a platform company, we actually maintain two things, data and openness. So we have a lot of strong partners like LivePerson who is online chat, is a strong partner with us where we're offering them the analytics that become their backbone for their customers. Yeah. We have contact center to be our partners. We're offering our platform to them for them to be providing their customer. Because our mindset of this is, it's harder to have a company that really disrupting the analytics space. That's where we're disrupting with, and we're building out our, for lack of better term, Switzerland tactic. We want to be work with other company who specialize in areas, not even just technology companies, but think about the chain. There's a lot of consulting companies, a lot of SI companies who hold that business knowledge but their operation, their bottom line, their process is very heavy. Yep. We're giving them the AI technology to supercharge them so they can better serve their customers. We got benefits from that as well. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. From our direct sales side, also head on the nail on the hat is we are very focused. That's why we bring experts, like in customer experience people who are from USAA, which is a gold standard of customer experience in finance, onto our team. And become our evangelist to say here is how things should be done here is can be done in stratify platform very very targeted
0: yeah because i think again a firm a firm like yours where the it is possible to be anything but targeted because you have so many use cases it sounds like for you it's been very and this is really interesting business insight it's been interesting to hire in people with the knowledge to say okay within this operational area you know, here are some things we should really be unlocking with this tech. So that's that's cool, I think, from from kind of a, a higher level strategy standpoint. So hopefully for the listeners here, this has been good from both the business model and the use case side. Derek, I know that's all we had for time in this use case episode, but thanks so much for joining us on the show.
1: Thank you, Dan. Really
0: appreciate it. So that's all for this Tuesday AI use case episode here on the AI and Business Podcast. On Thursday, as always... We're diving in for our Making the Business Case episode, where we talk about the ROI and deployment considerations of AI. And we're going to be talking specifically about how to target true problems with AI, how to solve actual business problems and not distractions and not toy problems. How do we really find where AI is going to add value? And how do we target and dive in on that where we can actually see a return on investment? That's the focus on Thursday, and you're not going to want to miss it. So I'll catch you back here on the show. And thanks so much for joining us, as always, on the AI and Business Podcast we